This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Can you stand up for your faith? Do you have the courage in the world in which we live to stand up for your faith? And do you know what you need to stand up for? See, I think this is really important. We've we've been through a season where people were afraid to stand up for what they believed in. They they had certain ideas and you know, do you know why you believe what you do? I mean, I'm very clear that racism is wrong. And there are people that are trying to use race in our world to to manipulate us and to change things, but you want to know why I believe that racism is wrong? Because the Bible tells me so. That same song we sang as a kid. See, the Bible tells you that God created every human being. He loves every man, every woman on this earth. He designed them. He put us in the different nations that we live. And I know what God has done for me. He transformed my life. And see, these are things that you know too about your life. You know what you were like before Christ, and you know what you are now. You know yourself and what God has done for you. So your next step in growth is to really get firm your testimony and who you are and be prepared to share it. We're going to talk about that today. I want you to think about what your life was like before Christ. You remember your baptism? You remember when you said yes publicly? If you haven't done that, let's do it. Go to thechurchnextdoor.org. We'll help you get baptized. Just come on over. We want to help you take your next step with Jesus. Don't let the failures of the past, don't let the the mistakes of your past keep you from moving forward. See, one of the the, the greatest realities that you and I face in the time in which we live is some of us want it to go back to normal. God wants us to get moving forward. I don't believe we want to go back to Egypt. I don't believe we want to go back to the way life was. We need to move forward. That's what God is about. And so in moving forward, you have to learn to stand with who you are. Can you imagine how many times Peter had to tell his story around the globe? Okay? Because we know Peter, Peter made it all across the empire at that time. We don't know all the places we made it to, but we know that he showed up. And at times it was around campfires. At times it was in synagogues. At times it was in community squares. But, but they would say, well, tell us about your following him. Well, let me just tell you my story. And as part of his testimony, he had to say, you need to know. The night that they arrested Jesus and they brutalized him, I saw it. But I denied that I was his friend. Oh, man. See, we, we're afraid to admit our failures. We're still protecting ourselves. Pete didn't get that option. You really don't have that option. If you're going to have moxie, you've got to be willing to stand up and admit, I screwed up, and this is the way I screwed up. Okay? But I'm moving forward. That doesn't define who I am for the rest of my life. Okay? 
So can you stand up for who you are? The question is, who were you before? Do you know what your life was like before you met God? I mean, were you restless? Were you aimless? Were you fill in the blank? Were you broken? You know? And then when did you finally take God seriously? You know, the, the broken person said, I finally found someone who could fix me. You know, the perfect car repair shop. You know what I'm saying? When I found God, he transformed the, my life. He healed the broken wound in my life. You know, for me, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but, but I had to, when I was, you know, about 19 years old, I decided that I was going to make God my God, not the God of my parents. And for me, the first step was, I mean, I already knew God, but the first step was I was going to be baptized of my own volition. My parents had me baptized because of their worldview, and, and I had to make the decision, no, I'm all in. I want to be baptized in water because I need me to know that. Does that make sense? No disrespect to them. This is all respect for God and my choice in that. If you haven't done that, and, and I can tell you that in that moment, my life was forever changed. After that, I began to realize that I had to stand up for what it meant to be a Christian for me, not because of my heritage or my identity. And at some point, every one of us, if you're a teenager here today, you got to decide, do you believe in your worldview because of what your parents believe or because of what you believe? Is it your worldview? That makes parents nervous because sometimes they abandon our worldview. But guess what? They've got to know who they believe and what they believe. And that's why this is an important discussion. Okay? And when are you most likely to share your hope? You know? And I think, I think the, the reason we'll share our story with other people is when we believe our story matters to that person. When we believe that our, our story matters. And over time of, of sharing your story, you begin to see that your story matters because your God's story is the way God works in real people's lives. And you're willing to tell other people about how God has worked in your life. It's not an arrogance. It's not a, a rudeness. It's not that. No, no. It's, it's more about the fact that you just realize that if I don't tell them, they'll never hear from somebody like me. And, and you begin to believe that your life matters to the tapestry of all of God's people that is out there. When, when, you, when you look at, at the variety of God's people, it's like looking at one of Grandma's quilts. Now think about this for a second. Grandma would unfurl a quilt, and she would say, now, this, this part of the quilt reminds me of Grandpa when he was working at the mill. You understand what I'm saying? And then she would take different pieces about their life and whatnot. Well, the tapestry of the church is, this is the body of Christ in Africa, and this is the body of Christ in India, and this is the body of Christ in Columbus. And you see what I'm saying? It's this beautiful tapestry of men and women and young people of every tongue and tribe all over the world. It's a beautiful picture of the nature of God and his relationship with his creation and how he's made himself real. Will you let us help you in this process? Listen to Peter. He tells us what we need to do. Remember, we're still talking about Peter, right? But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say always. 
So just not on the weekends? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. There's a couple things in there that I think Peter makes that are really clear. Number one, he says, we need to always be prepared to share the hope that we have. So it's about the hope. Why do you have hope in the midst of the world in which we live in? Well, it's God. God has been the source of our hope throughout our lifetime, throughout this season. But secondly, he says, make sure when you share it, you, you share it in a way that is palatable. Don't be rude. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be pushy. Don't be angry. Don't be shouting at people that you're going to hell. You're an awful person. You scum. It's not attractive. Abandon that. Set it aside. Try, you know, you look like a perfect person to experience God's love. Try, you are an amazing person. You ever think about who made you? Because this couldn't just happen. I don't believe someone as wonderful as you just happened. Everything about you seems so perfectly designed, like you were designed for something amazing. How's that sound like a pickup line? Try introducing people to God's love. If I find out you're using my lines to pick up people, I will come after you. Goodness me, sick. Where did you learn that line? Church, want to go? <laughs> Another pickup line. Oh, where am I? The other thing that Peter says here is that people will maliciously malign you. He says that there's evil in the world, that, that you and I are going to have to contend with that. Do not forget that. Do not forget that evil is in this world. Do not forget that. Will you let us help you prepare? Would you, would you let the church come into your life and begin to challenge you to raise the bar that you can do more, that you can share more, you can say more, that you can make a difference? Can I, can I tell you that, that this is probably not a good thing for me to admit, but, but I was never really impressed with Christians. <laughs> I was never really impressed... Uh, and, 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 and I thought, man, I don't know that I really want to be a Christian. It was one of the, the hurdles that I had to come across was, I just thought, man, if I follow God, I'm going to miss out on so much fun. You may have thought that. I clearly did. I just admitted it, okay? I mean, I, I, I looked at pastors and I thought, man, there is no way I ever want to be a pastor. Ah, I mean, those guys, so boring. Huh. They dress so bad. I mean... I don't even know how to say it, you know. But what I learned is this. When I came to know the Lord and I gave my life to Him, instead of believing that it would diminish my life, I found out that God opened up doors of opportunity. It totally transformed my life. Because I said yes to God, I've had to, I have the awesome, amazing experience of meeting so many wonderful people from all over the world. I, I, I've... I would have never gotten the education that I got were it not for God. He challenged me. 
He, he, he put me in a position. He opened doors for me to get an education that I never even desired. And, and then God opened the door for me. I've, I've been to Mexico, to Africa, to India, to Israel, sharing the hope of Jesus Christ with some of the most amazing people. And, and you cannot tell me that my relationship with God over the past 36 years has been a diminishing of my life. It's been an expanding of my life. And I tell you that because some of you are still believing that the ungodly way is more fruitful than the godly way, and it just, you're wrong. The godly way is the only fruitful way in life. And, and if you want to get out of the ditch, say, okay, I'll take your help, God, and move on, okay? So, so what do I or we need to stand up for, okay? Let, let me start in your preparation. Number one, you need to stand up for yourself and God. You need to just stand up and say that, that I'm God's child, that I believe that he's the creator of the universe, that he created me, that he's designed me because of my relationship with Jesus. I am set apart, made holy and pleasing to God, and I have significance and value, and I, I am here because of his goodness. When I was a, a young man, my mom decided that my, my brothers and I need etiquette coaching. Surprise? So she actually hired a coach to come into our house and teach us which fork was the proper fork. She taught us how to stand up properly and to introduce ourselves, hello, I'm Doyle, and to have a little bit of a spiel about who we are, what our experience was, who, who we were. I believe that every child needs this now, all right? She also made me go and learn my Color Me Beautiful palette. That's why I'm wearing blue today, all right? It goes with my eyes and, uh, hello, you see what I'm saying? And, 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 and are you ready to stand up and say, you know, my life has been transformed by my relationship with God. I used to bounce around, but now I'm just kind of steady, consistent, hope-filled every day. What's your story? But stand up and say, you know, I'm going to stand up because I believe that I'm created by God, I have significance, and that God is there, okay? Secondly, God's Word and God's people. Are you going to stand up for God's Word and God's people? I'm, I'm tired of people who, who apologize for the church. Tell me, where would orphanages be, schools be, science be, government be without the church? Our government, our form of government was built upon a concept that every human being is valuable and should be a part of the governed. Hello! You cannot have our form of government without a belief that there is a moral law and a moral character. It's why we have the Ten Commandments on, on our justice system. If we abandon morality and God, then where will that come from? And so you've got to start with just the idea that 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 the church and God's word are important. The Bible says that the word of God in Hebrews is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts between the spiritual and the material. So, so that Jesus that walked through the wall, yeah. There's something about the word of God that gives you access to that supernatural realm that, that understands 
something that's beyond just the physical world in which you and I live. And so you and I, we, we have to embrace this idea that, that there's this, this holiness in this relationship to God and, and all that this, and that's why the word of God becomes important. And I know a lot of people have a lot of things to rip on the Bible, but let me tell you, I've studied it. Of all the ancient texts in the world, it is the most reliable, most sourced ancient book in history. More copies, everything about it. Just do a little research, I promise you. I had to do it myself. I, I, I did it because I wanted to know what I was believing. It was part of that process. When I was 19, I flung myself into it. I flung myself into understanding world religions and understanding the Word of God. Why? Because I believed for me to be intelligently engaged in this, I had to put myself into it to really understand it. I wasn't willing to be just a bystander. And then thirdly, moral values and godly people and govern it. It's in, in 1 Timothy, it says that you and I ought to pray for the kings and the people in power so that, that, that peace might reign so that the gospel can go out. And what, what Paul is telling Timothy is this. Listen, without, without godly government, without morality, then, then you and I cannot have a society where people can live and experience God. And so you and I have to stand up for moral values, and we have to stand up for a godly government. Now you say, well, well I, don't, I don't understand what the big deal is. Well, you and I have lived in our society for the past 20 plus years, and we've made an argument again and again in our culture. I'm not saying we that I have, but our culture has that what we really are is secular humanists, and that what we really need is a secular society, and that's what we want. But I just want to be clear on this. If we take God out of the equation What's to determine what's right and what's wrong? And how do we not know that that's not going to fluctuate? Most of the people that, that I've known in my life that were, were, were genuinely agnostics, they said, well, I don't believe in God. You know, I want to set God aside. It was because they wanted to set God aside so that they would have the freedom to do whatever they wanted to because they knew without God, there's no restraint. And see, that's the honest truth. But let me ask you this. If you truly believe that there is no God, you set him aside and there is no God, can you tell me where does love come from? Because see, if you and I are just a, a being out here of, of, of random chemicals, how can I look at you and say, I love you? And what guarantee do you have that I'll stay around? If I've told you I've loved you. Because see, there is no, there's no moral imperative because as soon as I'm done with you and I find someone else that's better for me, I move on. And if I'm a company, I only, carry, I only care about what makes the bottom line work and corporations that are arguing for a secular society and to remove God from the, from the workforce and the place in which we live, what they're really saying is, I'm here to do what's best for me as long as I'm here. And see, we need morality. We need some system. And if we all know that one day we're going to be judged and we're going to meet our maker, hello? I've told you that I'm, I'm guilty of the great British baking show. I have now watched every episode. They should give me a badge. I should get an award of some kind. But I've noticed something. I've noticed something. 
They bring, they, they bring their goods before the judge, and the judge cuts into it. They taste it. Paul and Prue, yes, that's how much I've watched it. It's ingrained in my mind. Your biscuit doesn't snap. I really like a biscuit to snap, Paul says. You know, they, your sponge, it's a little dry. And here's the person standing there. You're right. I left it in too long. I didn't cook it long enough. You're right. And they're like, thank you. And I'm like, these, these guys are all in. They're all in. Now, because I've run out of those, Jennifer has forced me on to other things. <laughs> and I've noticed a new pattern. They come before the judge and they argue. The new pattern, now can I tell you, I, I know why this is. There's a producer standing over there. And the producer wants to create the tension to keep the audience. They don't care if it's true or not. Okay? We live in a world that wants produced lives to get the clicks, to get the watches, to get the views. And you need to know there's, there's something wrong there. But if you believe that one day you will stand between, before the, the great white throne of judgment and the Lord of life and you'll stand before your creator and you're going to argue... No, 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 my sponge is perfect. Yeah. I submit you're going to look more like the witch from Oz that's just a pool at the end. See, you and I have to understand judgment is good. When Peter looked into Jesus' eyes and he said, do you love me? That's what you and I are going to see from the Lord of life and the Lord of creation one day. And he's going to say, hey, I watched your life. I know you gave your life to me. Did you feed my sheep? Mm. Did you reorganize your schedule according to me? Did you live your life? See, we, if you and I will stand up, if we'll stand up and say who we are, who God is in our life, and we'll stand up for the, for the Word of God and God's people. I mean, where would the world be without the churches that created schools and orphanages and hospitals? I mean, think about it. We changed the penal, the, 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 the jails and all of the different forms of correction. We call it corrections today because of the church. Do not be afraid of godliness. It's good for you. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray to ask God to move in our world. There's so many people that need to come to know the Lord. So today, that's our focus. We're going to pray for peace and the salvation that only Christ Jesus can bring. Lord, I'm reminded of your word in John chapter 20, 
when after your resurrection you met with the disciples and you said to them, Peace be with you. You breathed on them and said, Peace be with you. Lord, that is when they were truly saved because you were resurrected. You had been glorified. You said that that, 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 that was the key thing. So Lord, today we are asking you to breathe on us. Some of us have never accepted you. Some of us have never prayed the prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Well, right now we, we say, yes, Lord, breathe on us. We receive your peace. We receive your forgiveness from sins. We declare that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we need that peace, Lord, that wholeness, that shalom that makes us whole and complete. Only the living God, only our Creator could do that for us. And Jesus, today we confess that you are our Savior. We have to admit that we are like Thomas. We've had some doubts. Well, today we receive your peace. Today we declare there's no longer any unsettled ground. Lord, we welcome you, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of life, the one who conquered death. You took the keys of hell and death. We welcome you to be our Savior. We welcome you. And Lord, we've prayed this prayer before, some of us, and some of us, this is our first time. It doesn't matter. Today, we're declaring that this is the day of our salvation. This is the day of our new life. Cause us to blossom, to grow in your peace. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY. 1-833-38-STORY. 
or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.